1: Hey everybody, Rev here. I'm the host and GM of The Crit Show, a weekly actual play podcast where we play Monster of the Week, Dungeon World, and other Powered by the Apocalypse games, all in one dimension hopping connected story. If you're already a listener, welcome back. And if you've not heard of us and you enjoy what you hear today, you can find us at the or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today we are here to play through one of the latest games from Evil Hat Productions, Band of Blades designed and written by Strash Achimovich and John LaBeouf Little, edited by Karen Twelves, published by Off-Guard Games and Evil Hat Productions. We were fortunate enough to have John join us and take us through each step of the game as he GMs our session. So sit back, relax, and enjoy as we play through Band of Blades. So John, can you tell us a little bit about the game?
3: Absolutely. So Band of Blades is a game where you play a group of legionnaires that have recently attempted to fight off an army of undead and have failed. And you are now on the run uh, trying to seek refuge in Skydagger Keep. Uh, Unfortunately, the distance between you and Skydagger Keep is not small. You are uh, traveling eastward across the country of Aldermark, uh, hoping to get there before the undead catch you. We play the band of legionnaires. Uh, uh, We play, uh, we also sometimes play the the generals of the legion, making decisions, difficult decisions about uh, what missions to go on and uh, what resources, what little of your resources to spend. Um, But sometimes we're also playing in the trenches with the actual soldiers
1: themselves. Excellent. So we get to do a little bit of leadership and a little bit of kind of grunt work in the field. Yeah. Uh, It is a a dark military fantasy. So um, you
3: have, uh, obviously, you have undead who are pursuing you. Um, There are various um, uh, alchemical fantasies, as it were, uh, potions and uh, clockwork machines and other sorts of things like that, that uh, can also... Uh, flavor your adventures.
1: <laughs> so what's the um, the game system that this uses, or the the dice system, rather? Yes. Yeah, so this is all based on, uh, it's called a
3: Forged in the Dark game. It's all based on a game called uh, Blades in the Dark, uh, made by John Harper, and um, It is uh, essentially based on d6s. Uh, You roll a pool of d6s, you select the highest d6, and um, that becomes your result. Uh, Based on your position and effect, uh, you get certain things that happen as a result of uh, your roll. So you have uh, a selection of actions that you're going to use there. Um, It's all based on um, Blades in the Dark. Uh, which is also a really cool game
1: excellent and around the table here on this side so that uh, everybody listening as we play through knows the voices that they're hearing
2: hi i'm tass
1: hello i'm tige hi i'm jake Uh, and again i am rev well i think that we are ready to go cool so uh you all
3: have created uh legionnaires and are um tasked with a mission i'm gonna read that mission to you and we'll just get started um so with the crafting so blackshot I should also mention with the crafting of blackshot uh, which is a alchemical um, material that allows you to kill undead uh, very well. Uh, the undead armies had been held at a standstill in the western kingdoms. That changed at the battle of Etmark Fields. That is the, the battle that you uh, you guys are retreating from. Now the legion has been shattered and the cinder king's troops march east bolstered with heretofore unseen horrors to fight humanity. You and your squad must secure a retreat for your comrades. To make it worse, your Chosen, Shreya, which I'll talk about in a moment, has gone off on her own mission and left you to make do without her. Your Chosen is one of the reasons why you're not completely obliterated uh, from your uh, abject failure on the Western Front. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, the the Chosen is uh, a manifestation of a god that has been um, infused into a human body. Um, Shreya used to be uh, a Barton war general, uh, but is now the Chosen of Az- Azrika, the Barton goddess of healing and mercy. Um, but she is currently MIA, doing her own thing. Uh, the Legion has marched across the Huselbrook Bridge, the only easy passage over the Tigeria River for miles. Uh, but the undead are ceaseless in their advance. Your mission is to blow the bridge without chemical charges. The enemy must be delayed if the legion is to gain enough time to advance and set up a defensive position closer to the mountains. Can you stay alive long enough to blow the bridge? Who, if anyone, will make it back to camp? And how will you deal with the advance forces the Broken have sent to stop you? We're going to play to find out.
1: Excellent. We all yes. perked up when you were, like, below the bridge. Yeah. Everyone at the table went, yes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Let's do it. Okay, so now we're going to create characters. Um, you have a number of specialists that are at your disposal that you can select from. Uh, so uh, your specialist options are the heavy, uh, who is a um, uh, heavy frontline fighter who is heavily armored and uh, usually gets into combat with melee. Uh, the Medic, who is uh, very educated and is able to uh, patch people up during, uh, during the adventure. Uh, the Officer, who is uh, an excellent uh, uh, interpersonal skills and the ability to uh, position people where they need to be to be of great effect. Uh, the Scout, uh, who is always able to range forward and see what's going on. Um, and the Sniper, who can dispatch the greatest of threats with a few well-placed bullets. So... Do we know who all is going to be playing what? Uh,
2: I would very much like to play the sniper. I think that sounds radical.
4: (laughs) Uh, I've gone ahead and chosen the medic. I like the heavy. I'm
3: going to go with that.
1: All right. uh, I'm going to be the scout. Perfect. So after you've chosen
3: your uh, playbook, um, you're going to choose a special ability. Um, There are, I think, seven or eight special abilities, plus a few um, abilities that everyone has access to. Um, if you have any questions, you can just take the first one on the list. Um, but each of those special abilities will give you something that you can do, uh, that pushes you a little bit beyond what a normal, uh, member of your, uh, specialization might do. Uh, do we want to talk about, uh, which ones you guys have selected?
2: Um, man, these are all very good. (laughs) This is a hard choice. Because uh, I, I really like one of the one of the sniper options is called sharpshooter where you can push yourself to basically make an attack make a shot at an impossible range or unleash a barrage of shots to suppress an enemy I like that a lot crimson shot you can bring one crimson seeker shell on missions that's just a big nasty attack and you have to hurt yourself to do it I think the one I'm gonna go with though is the one at the top of the list uh, it's called one eye. You've replaced an eye with an alchemical construct. You can see invisible targets clearly and identify supernatural forces.
4: Dude. Wow. Very cool. Um, As the medic, I actually get two special abilities, one that's already selected for me, and then one that I get to pick, and the one that is selected is called Attaché. You may deploy on any mission, even outside the usual specialist
3: caps. Gain this ability for free when you become a medic. Yeah, so normally a mission must only have up to two specialists, so medics can break that rule and join any mission. Gotcha. Uh,
4: And then the one I actually picked is called Not Today. You can spend a doctor use on a legionnaire who has taken level four harm on a mission, but you must do so quickly before they die. You treat them and reduce the wound to level three harm instead.
0: Uh, I have also decided the first one um, for the heavy is called Bulwark, which I can spend an anchor use, which is kind of my Currency um, as special armor against consequences to a squad you are defending. Um, I see this guy is, you know, very much a, a defender. He's a, you know, he's your classic tank. Uh, so he's not necessarily waiting and in, waiting into battle to kill a lot of things. He's, you know, making sure to take Take the ta- the damage, take the hits, get the attention so that everybody else can do what they need to do.
1: And, yeah, Jake's right. There's a lot of really good ones on here. Uh, for the scout, I have uh, Like the Wind. This is just a great description. Whenever there's a question of who goes first, the answer is you. <laughs> um, That's so good. But the one I'm going to go with is Sixth Sense. You just know when there are undead nearby. You always know what the highest threat level of undead is in the area, and you can gather info on them with Resolve. I like the idea of the scout who has survived because she has this almost uncanny sense of, oh, the dead are close. And that's why she's become a scout, because she's not necessarily great at ranging ahead, but great at dodging between groups. Oh, that's wonderful.
3: Very cool. Um, So after you've chosen your special ability, uh, great job, all of you, um, you need to choose a heritage. Now, there are four heritages uh, that comprise the... um, the armies of the eastern kingdoms, and particularly of the legion. Uh, those are the Barton, the uh, or, Orites, uh, the Panyar, and the um, um Each of them have a slightly different flavor. Um, the Bartons are uh, close-knit and devout. Many wear jewelry made of tokens granted to them by family and friends that they've forged strong friendships with. Uh, their culture is agrarian, it's ruled by council. Um, The Orites are cosmopolitan and influential. Their country is known for its technology. They have advances in uh, clockwork and alchemy that are almost as defining as their obsession with nobility and lineage. Um, Almost everyone from Or is noble of some stripe. Uh, Panyar come from the deep forest, which was um, a forest which was touched by an ancient god. uh, And everyone who spends enough time in that forest gains some sort of animal trait, such as uh, cat eyes or um, noticeable fangs. Uh, their culture focuses on great deeds, and uh, they have a three-part name, the third part of which uh, is a, a part that they earn by doing some great deed. Uh, and then the Zamyadi are mountain-dwelling clans with a complex arrangement of oaths uh, between themselves, between uh, inside of a clan, between each other clan, and, of course, with the, between the Zamyadi and the world. Um, yeah, so that is, that is the set of heritages, and you must pick one uh, to become a member of. Um
2: I like so they've all got yeah like a few words four words to kind of describe the general culture um That's right. I like the Zimyati cuz it's tough, bold, loyal and stubborn. <laughs> um and I'm imagining this kind of gunslinger, you know, fears nothing kind of person. So I'm going to go with the Zimyati. Excellent. Nice. Uh and I'm going to go with there's a list of names. So the way the way uh, at least for the Zimyati there's a list of first names and then patronymics and matronymics do you, do you pick a first name and add one of those endings to it basically like you're the son of
3: or the daughter of that first name uh exactly okay uh and uh, collo- uh canonically w- what we do is uh if you uh are a gal uh if you're yeah if you're a gal you're uh you take your mother's name and you add a matronymic to it and if you're a guy you take a, your father's name you add a patronymic to it
4: okay uh, so i'm going to go with leavel kolevich I've decided to go with the Barton, and and the actual, like, uh, traits for them are warm, pious, stoic, and educated. And I think a medic would be pretty well educated and have to be warm and pious to, to be sort of a medic. And the name I chose for my Barton, you get a name and then a family name. So it's uh, Vani Pakshi.
0: Uh, for the heavy, I think I'm also going to go with Zemiati. Um, just uh, tough and stubborn are the only two that I think I need. <laughs> and I have I have decided after hearing Jake's name that I like it a lot. So uh, I am his brother.
3: <laughs> nice. wonderful, Nice. Uh, That's
2: perfect.
0: So I will be Adramir
2: Kaleevich. Fantastic. That means we have to have the same... Accent.
0: It's true. <laughs> I hope I get to talk first. And I'm going to decide it, yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> now it's a race to talk first in character. Uh, and I'm going to go with Ponyar, Artisan, Traveler, Shrewd, Marked. And as you'd mentioned before, they have uh, the naming system of the color name the mark name and the deed name so her name is gray shifting wind awesome so gray shifting uh and uh the heavy was adramir
3: kalayevich and then the medic was vani v-a-n-i and the other kalayevich is Leavel. awesome wonderful i just want to make notes that i can refer to you by your names uh after doing all of that, we assign action ratings. So this game has a series of actions uh, that are broken up into three groups. Uh, so you have uh, Insight, Prowess, and uh, Resolve are the groups. And inside of those, there are four different actions. Uh, you get to distribute a bunch of action points across those. Uh, it's four action points. Um, based on a special ability that Shreya starts with, you get two more. Oh, nice. Um, and you can just assign those. As you, as you find appropriate for your, your particular playbook. Uh, each of the actions covers a different um, thing that's on the, the character sheet. Is in the back sheet panel of the character sheet, you'll see a list of all of the actions of what they do, if there's any question.
4: Oh, so those are like the actions that anybody can take?
3: Yes, anyone can take any of these actions. Um, and uh, even, even your specialist action, there is an action that is uh, unique to each playbook... But it's not super unique in that anyone can learn how to do it. It's just that specialists definitely do learn how to do it.
2: All right. So the sniper starts with two in shoot. And two is what you max at, right, when you create a character? Yeah, you can't, you can't start with more than two. So he starts with two in shoot, one in scout, and one in aim. And I've got six more to spend. So I'm going to go ahead and put another one in aim to max that out for now. One in maneuver. Uh, I think I'll do one in consort. Because that is like a uh, drawing on your on your connections. That seems handy. Uh, one in skirmish, so I can fight hand to hand. Okay. One in research and one in rig, to put together mechanical solutions and whatnot.
4: Cool. Uh, I'm going to, as the medic, put one into Doctor, because it only starts with one. Uh, It already has Research as two, so I won't go any further into that. Uh, One into Rig, one into Scout, one into Shoot, and one into Skirmish. And then I get, because of my Barton Heritage Traits, I get plus one to Consort. So I've got a Consort of two. And then I also put one into Sway, just in case I need to talk somebody into giving me more medical supplies um actually now that you've said that we didn't really hit our traits
2: did we we kind of talked about what they are generally for races but did we didn't talk about which ones we picked and what mechanical oh, benefits right. they give us right yeah uh my zim Yachty traits i picked tough i ignore level one harm penalties and bold i add one die to resist on desperate actions
4: nice and for my barton i decided to go with warm which means I get a plus one to concert, like I said, and then stoic, which means I get a plus one D to prowess resist. Okay.
0: I'll real quick start with those traits for Zim Yachty. I also actually took the tough ignore one or ignore level one harm penalties uh, and then uh, stubborn plus one die to resolve resist. And then for down the line on my actions here, uh, I I bumped up to two on anchor, which is my specialist action. Um, I also took one in rig. I think he's pretty good with machines. I start with two to skirmish. I think that makes sense being in the middle of the fray. Uh, And then two for wreck. Uh, I took one to consort. I think he's pretty good with his his soldiers. You know, he's um, pretty... Amiable with everybody. And then or I took two for Marshall because um, I think he's kind of calling the shots a little bit in the midst of the fray when he needs to. Uh,
1: and for my heritage, I took Traveler, uh, fast and quiet in normal load, uh, which is for the equipment. Uh, and then Shrewd, plus one die to insight resist. Um, and I actually, for my detail, I know that the Ponyar marked by nature, you had talked about that a little bit. Um, So she has cat eyes. Oh, very cool. And then uh, for my ability points, um, what is the difference between discipline and martial? So uh, we have
3: an informal saying around uh, our table. Um, You use martial to tell rookies what to do. You use disciplines to... To make them not do a thing. Okay. <laughs> so if they're if they're going to... If you want to make them attack, you use Marshall. If you want to make them not run away, that's going to be Discipline. Okay. That's solid.
1: So I'm going to have one in Discipline. Uh, I think that she is good in the field because, it, hey, be quiet. Hey, stay here. Hey, you know, keeping people kind of in line. And then uh, the one that I automatically get is one in Scrounge. Uh, and so I've added another one to that. Uh, I put one in Research... Uh, I have two in Scout automatically. Uh, I have one in Maneuver. I've added another one to that to have two. Uh, One in Shoot, one in Skirmish, and then the one I had mentioned before in Discipline.
3: Cool. So having done all that, uh, the last bits are to just record your look and your details. Um, And I know... uh, I, we are in the middle of a mission, so I kind of want to—I want to reveal those looks and 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 sort of paint the picture of what does it look like when we see you come on screen. Um, I'm gonna—I'm gonna set it up just a little bit. Um, the commanders issued the orders. Uh, the marshal has handpicked you uh, specifically. The quartermaster has left the last of the alchemicals, and the army continues to march into the distance. On the horizon, the dust of the undead army heads this way. If they're to be slowed at all, you must destroy this bridge. Do not let anything stop you. So you can imagine this giant, um, almost Roman architecture bridge, if you will, with arches uh, at every so many feet. Massive stone bridge going over a raging river, the Tigeria. Many many feet below. It's uh, because I, I I prefer this more. We're gonna make it a dark and stormy night. So <laughs> um, it's uh, it's maybe thundering out. There's a bit of rain. We see uh, the, we see the legionnaires, the, the rookies of the squad, uh, rushing forward. Uh, we're gonna say it's the Emberwolves. Uh, there are six different squads in the game. We're we're gonna just pick one for you. Uh, it's gonna be the Emberwolves are are marching forward. Perhaps with them is our heavy.
0: Uh yeah. So you see. A tall, broad, dark-haired man. Um, he is just, he's like the guy that plays the mountain level of bulk, you know, where it's not like refined muscle. Like, this is a guy that is used to uh, baling hay back on the farm, you know, just just <laughs> brick of a dude and just got that large furrowed brow, um, probably uh, early wrinkles around his eyes from smiling and laughing with the
3: troops um, yeah uh cool so um so you're marching towards the the center of the bridge I imagine yep and where is uh where's our sniper I kind of want to know yeah so I think I'm I'm on a hill kind of behind
2: the lines overlooking everything and you can't see much he's prone and he's covered he's wearing a, a very long very dark blue coat uh, and this dark kind of wide brimmed hat um, and you can see that he's got his alchemical eye. He's got a few, a few tools on him. You know, he's wearing armor. He's got uh, a throwing axe on him. Um, but he is very low to the ground trying to stay hidden. And most of what you can see is either the reflection of the alchemical eye. Or the reflection of the scope, but it's kind of hard to tell which is which from here.
1: Cool. Uh, and how about our scout? I think that the camera kind of pans over to the far end of the bridge as the group approaches. And, you know, I imagine there's debris and detritus everywhere. And then some of it shifts and she stands up and. She has like a cape that is like old netting and it's got like copper pieces in it and just stuff to blend in with the junk that's around. Um, And she's got short brown cropped hair and these cat eyes Uh, and she has a a hand axe hanging at her side and she turns and starts sprinting across the bridge towards the uh, approaching group of soldiers to meet up. And then uh, I imagine we see the medic. Is the medic with the
3: soldiers as well?
4: Uh, Yeah, the medic would actually be in the middle, I think, of all of this. He's sort of a fighting medic. So he would have sort of this uh, very colorful, almost red and blue layered dress clothes on. But they're covered in like... Battle garments and armor, and uh, he's laden down with pouches and everything for all of his alchemical
3: and medical needs. Mm, nice. Uh, yeah. So let's let's go back to the squad. So you're you uh, the medic is there? Uh, I think one of the rookies. We're gonna ask you to pick a name. N- name me a rookie who is having uh, perhaps uh, so, a moment of doubt in this in this treacherous terrain.
0: Uh, I think it's clearly. Graf Elric.
3: Oh, Graf Elric, yeah.
0: Yeah, that guy is always jittery.
3: <laughs> Graf Elric probably turns to the medic and is like, do you think we're going to make it through this one? Of course.
4: Uh, everyone knows that Azrika is on our side. We're going to make it. You have nothing
3: to fear. <laughs> He's hauling like a giant satchel full of explosives. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. And not very far in the distance, uh, you see um, Blighter's troops. Uh, Have we described Blighter at all? I don't think we have. No. Uh, So let's talk a little bit about the Broken. Um, Back in the day when you were fighting the undead, uh, the Chosen that were selected uh, manifested. Nine Chosen manifested all at once to deal with this undead threat, which is unheard of. Nobody had ever heard of nine gods manifesting all at once. Uh, So obviously they were taking it somewhat seriously. Um, They rode out to the west. This is far before uh, Ettenmark. They rode out to the west and uh, they had a giant battle. And many of them, through a power we still don't understand, were broken and they became uh, themselves uh, almost divinely powered undead. Uh, the Cinder King, who was at the charge of the army, uh, it was rumored, said a word and through this incomprehensible uh, power uh, converted them. Uh, that was the first of the major defeats of humanity, uh, the most recent being Mark, <laughs> When humanity leveled the new armies and crossed over to Etmark with Blackshot to fight again, uh, they were not prepared for the horrors that the Broken had created. The Broken now advance eastward, uh, fighting on several fronts to gain access to uh, the large-scale bastion of humanity on the continent. Um, Blighter was once uh, Elanessa, uh, a high priestess uh, of the Orite triumvirate of crafter gods, the builder, the maker, and the crafter. Uh, when Shreya, who was then a, a famous Barton warrior, won her favor during a knight's tournament, their romance became the stuff of poems and song. Uh, The Cinder King rose in the West and began his march, and Alanessa was chosen by the crafter whose worshippers practice the great craft of alchemy. Once she was broken, the craft itself became tainted, and now its practitioners eventually corrupt and become monsters themselves. So there's a real problem now, because making Blackshot requires alchemy, and people who do alchemy eventually become horrific
1: monsters. And uh, so this is sort of a, a real problem. Wow, so the Cinder King has kind of solved his own problem by causing corruption in the people who can stop his legion
3: indeed uh though there are always more people <laughs> well
1: that's true
2: what about someone with an alchemical construct for an eye am i good the,
3: the eye itself is not corrupting okay good yeah you're fine the alchemical stuff that's been created most of it is um like really uh well-known processes are not necessarily intrinsically corrupting it just depends on what you're doing um there is actually rules in the game for how that works She lacks raw power, but Blighter substitutes a deadly intellect, a divine understanding of craft, and uh, brutal cunning. Her full title is Flesh Blighter, also sometimes called the Foul, the Corrupter of Flesh, and Plaguebringer. Uh, The troops just tend to call her Blighter, and those are her troops right on the other side of the bridge. Well, coming down this way. I should describe some of them because they are truly horrific, <laughs> generally uh, you have as their as her rank and file troops, you have rotters uh, who are just undead, burning with a hate for the living. Uh, they continue to rot even as whatever dark sorcery compels them into battle uh, forces them to keep going um, to make them corpses have al- alchemical fluids forced through their veins. Uh, So carts, sometimes you can sometimes find carts with canisters of these uh, liquids. Um, uh, Blighters always tinkering with plagues and toxins. Um, Also, they are usually headed up by crows who are, um, they have plague doctor masks and are, um, they move incredibly silently. So as you're moving onto the bridge, uh, you're taking up positions to potentially set your charges. This is probably going to be mostly the sniper. We'll see a black shadow drop from the rafters of one of these arches uh, directly behind the last most rookie who I need another name. Who's the person who's always at the back? That's Albin Albrecht. Albin Albrecht awesome. Poor Alvin is right there. The sniper sees this. Of course, there's there's a crow that drops silently behind your rookies. What
2: do you do? How dangerous would the shot be? What are the odds that I accidentally hit one of my own people?
3: Well, so this is a a good time to talk about position and effect. Uh, I'm really glad you asked that question. Um, So we usually talk about position as a way of saying, um, well, what could happen? as a result of this role, like do you, obviously you're thinking I'm probably going to have to roll, I mm-hmm. might have to roll a shoot action. W- what is that going to look like? Well, I think it's possible that you might hit him, right? You, you might, uh, at this distance with the rain and whatnot, uh, you might actually hit your friend, um, Albin. Um, so I'd say it's risky. I don't think you're likely to have a fatal shot. Like, I don't think you're going to blow his head off or anything. Um, but on a one to three, you might, shoot him <laughs> instead of the crow right because the crow is moving erratically but i think on a four to five uh you might hit him and you might hit the crow right and uh and the crow might still have just enough uh, momentum to maybe stab alvin uh but on a six obviously you do it so this is a this is a risky position is what i'm saying uh and we would say you have standard effect in my mind standard effect means if you shot him he dies
2: okay yeah, I think I'll try to take the shot. I think I'm so caught off guard by one of them being behind the lines already, and, you know, I'm afraid that if I call out or anything, it'll give away what that we know they're here. I'm just going to take the shot and try and put this thing down. Excellent. So
3: that's a shoot action. Uh, or you tell me formally, you say, like, I think it's a shoot action. I would agree with you. And then I set your effect based on that. How many dice do you roll when you roll a shoot action? Uh, two. Excellent. Do you want more dice? I am open to the possibility. What do you got? (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about how you might get more dice. Um, You can have someone assist you. Um, For instance, the the heavy, for instance, might be particularly watchful of the people in the back. Uh, Someone else in the the group might find a way. uh, The medic is very close, right? So maybe you could assist in some way. You can push yourself, which uh, costs you. Um, so both of the both of these options will cost stress. Uh, if you assist someone, it costs you one stress, and if you uh, push yourself, it costs you personally two stress. Uh, it's just who who gets
1: to uh, spend the stress. So can I ask this when it comes to the narrative? Um, You know, I had described in the intro that I was running back across the bridge. Could it be that I broke cover because I saw it? And when I'm running across, I'm actually waving up to him and pointing so that his notice of it is a couple seconds faster than what we had initially described. Yeah, no, you could certainly assist in that way, too. Yeah, you you had described yourself as being on the far side of the bridge. So, yeah, you could absolutely flag them down. Yeah, so that, if I was going to assist, it would be seeing it up there and flagging up to the sniper, like, hey, hey, look. So I get the sense of, like, the scope on her, and then she, he sees her pointing, and she, you know, <laughs> he moves around to, to see what she's pointing at.
3: That's fantastic. Yeah, okay, spend a stress. And so I add one die to my shoot roll? That's right, so you'll roll three dice instead of two.
1: And I spend a stress just by marking it.
3: Yes, that's right. Uh, you have a reservoir of stress. It's a fairly limited reservoir. It's, I think, six stress when you start out. Uh, there are special abilities that allow you to gain more stress. Um, if you run over on stress, uh, then you will, if you ever have to mark stress and can't, uh, then you'll take a trauma. Um, and that potentially could uh,
1: be the death of your character if you run out of trauma. So can I ask another question? Actually, this is uh, full of questions. Um, so my special... Special ability is sixth sense that I'm always aware of an undead threat. Ooh, is that a is that a justification as to why it may not cause stress to assist, or does assist always cause stress?
3: An assist always cause stress, but you, I had forgotten you had that ability. So we can sort of flashback to you using that ability and like turning around. Okay. We can put this into a different position. So it, let's do that. If you want, we can absolutely do that. Okay. Uh, because I think it'll actually end up in a controlled position if you do this. Okay. The way I think that power works is you roll your resolve dice, which is uh, the number of skills that you have in resolve. That would be one. So you're going to roll one die, and then there's no position here. This is a gather information. It's a one to three, you get poor information, four to five, you get good information, and on the six, you get great information. Three. 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 So I think you were aware something was up, okay, that's but fair. you weren't sure what direction it was coming from. So that's why you emerged, but then you turned around. You were like, you thought it might be the people in front of you, and then you turned around at the last second, and you still have the ability to assist. Okay. But it just wasn't,
1: uh, it wasn't early enough that we could consider it a different position. Gotcha, gotcha. So that stress then I'll spend to, you know, make him aware of it.
3: Yeah. Alright. And then three die shoot. Risky r- risky position, standard effect. Uh, My highest is a five. Okay, so you do it, and there's a consequence. I actually did, I mentioned that there might be a consequence of like, maybe he has enough momentum to go forward and stab the guy anyway, but I actually prefer the idea that it just, it startles the rookies, and that the rookies begin to scatter, because they don't know what's going on. Obviously, everyone has the ability to interact with this, and we can talk about resistances. So when you make a 4 to 5 or a 1 to 3, usually I'll inject some sort of consequence. In this case, because it's a risky role, I inject a risky consequence, which is um, harm, a complication, reduced effect, or you might end up in a desperate position. I think in this case, I'm going to introduce a complication, and that complication is going to be the rookies are scattering because they're being fired on. They don't really know what's going on. Now, anybody at the table can can resist that. They can say that doesn't happen because whatever. This is where you just say no. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say otherwise. Uh, it costs stress to do resistance, um, but it's a variable amount of stress. I think I can resist because I have discipline. That's perfect. So um, the way it works though is you we're gonna say it's a, a resolve resist. You're just like keep them in line um all you have to do is roll the number of resolved dice you have oh then that would be three okay and what you're going to do is you're going to take six and subtract your highest die and that is how much stress it's going to cost one it's going to
4: cost me one stress because my highest was a five cool and let's describe that how
3: do you how do you wrangle these people
4: i yell up to the 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 crowd do not forget that Azrika is on our side. Please all stay in line.
3: Form the lines. Excellent. Uh, and and they listen to you. Very, very good. Uh, cool. So th- that happens. Uh, what's going on with our scout up front?
1: Uh, I think that having seen the shot fired and hearing the commotion, uh, I'm turning back across the bridge to see if I can see anything approaching now that we have just kind of made ourselves known. We hmm. you know, thought we were sneaking up here good, but there's been a gunshot. There's some screaming. Uh, and then there's someone shouting down the screaming.
3: Yeah. So, uh, so
1: cover is effectively blown.
3: <laughs> it is. Uh, so th- you are like looking around and you immediately see that there are undead hands on the ledges of the bridge and they're pulling themselves up right now.
1: <laughs> what do you do? I think that she sees this and has a moment of panic. You know, her she's kind of prides herself on sensing undead and just this initial phase of like Oh, they're nowhere. Oh, they're everywhere. Oh, it's just behind us. Oh, God, they're beside us now. I think it's a true aliens moment where it's like, that's impossible. That's inside the room. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Uh, And so I think that she sprints across to the group and starts signaling to Adramir. Hands, they're on the sides. They're coming over.
3: Awesome. Uh, So you warn the group. Uh, The the undead are beginning to climb up. Uh, I think the first thing that I want to be doing is...
0: um yelling to organize the troops like hands on the sides boys form ranks rank up and just trying to get them ready for this while i'm hauling butt to the front with my fine wrecking kit uh
3: excellent uh cool so you're gonna pull out like a giant sledgehammer essentially (laughs) pretty much yeah like and like maybe a couple of charges exactly awesome you also narratively you have some extra stuff um for like you have the actual alchemicals that need to be planted in the right place but the wrecking kit will help you um but yeah cool so you start organizing them that kind of feels like it could be potentially depending on what you're doing it could be a martial action is that
0: yeah i, I want to get them ready to hit this threat that uh, has kind of surprised us
3: excellent so you're basically uh i imagine like we see uh the the group and as you're shouting the orders you're like the the rookies are lining up into maybe a, like a circle on both sides yeah exactly Cool. So that gives me that's a, a martial roll, and I think based on the resistance that happened before, you're fairly controlled. Um, the the consequence here is you might end up in a risky position, but but that's a, that's a control position right now.
0: Okay, I'm going to try it. Uh, the highest is a five.
3: Okay, you hesitate. You can either withdraw and try a different approach, or you can uh, press forward. Um, you might end up in a, a risky position. You could do it with a minor consequence. I think the consequences, if you want to actually organize the rookies, you have to be in the center. You can't be on the edges engaging with the, you know, with the undead that are coming. You have to organize them.
0: Yeah, I'll take that for sure. Are you cool with that? Yeah, my first priority is keeping them safe in this moment
3: awesome cool so there's this awesome scene where we see like a top-down view and you're like pointing at a group and the, like three rookies go that way two rookies go the other way uh, what's the medic doing in all this are you following in with the rookies uh, yeah absolutely
4: I'm on the outside edges uh, with them shooting at the uh, the undead and if anybody gets hurt then I'm gonna go into action
3: so uh, it sounds like the rookies are gonna fire on the undead does that sound right yeah yeah awesome so, uh, that's a shoot action. Now, the rookies, um, we can roll a fortune roll if, if we're only looking at the rookies versus the undead. Um, but if someone wants to take charge of the rookies, we can, we can make that roll or we can, uh, we can do a group shoot depending on how things want to go. Like if the sniper wants to, the sniper wants to get involved, you can, you can group shoot where the rookies are participating and also the, so is the sniper. Uh, how do you guys want to do this? What do y'all think?
0: Um, I, I mean, I kind of like the thought of that, that, even you being further
2: away or kind of leading the target shooting like that's what i was gonna say i'm like designating like i'll fire a shot at one in a group to draw attention to that group and kind of designate it for the rookies and then i can readdress and fire a shot into another group to designate it
0: yeah, I think me from the middle, like we're practiced at this so that, you know, you get the bird's eye view and I'm pointing out where those shots are hitting. So we're kind of tag teaming it that way.
1: Yeah. And that's why they jumped so much at the beginning is that they're not used to you taking a shot unless it is indicating where they should all be shooting. And then you shot behind them.
3: Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so who all is participating in that group action?
1: Uh, obviously, the sniper. Obviously, the rookies.
4: I guess I'll have to if I'm in the middle of. Uh, them as well.
1: Yeah, I think I as well. I think that what she does is once she gets back to the group, I imagine this half circle and that she is behind Adramir intentionally shooting at whatever the group isn't focused on, like someone who takes out the the straggler that nobody's paying attention to.
3: Awesome. Yeah, no, I think, um, so here's the good news. Uh, the good news is you're effectively all going to roll independent actions where you roll shoot, but... Uh, we're going to take the highest results for the group uh, across any any given die roll. The bad news is that anyone who rolls below a four, if you roll a one to three, uh, that will cause the person who's leading the action to mm-hmm. take a stress. Uh, so your sniper might get very stressed in this moment. <laughs> uh, but we'll just see how you roll, right? If you roll four, it's fine. And what if I have nothing in shoot? Uh, the question is whether you're participating in this group action. And the answer is probably not.
0: Probably not. I think I'm more... I think I'm being more directional about it than actually partaking of the shooting. So, yeah, that makes sense.
3: Now, the rookies can roll a die because the rookies always get a die um, as a group. Uh, and you can roll that die if you'd like. Oh, I see. You can roll for the rookies, in other words.
0: What yes. do you guys think? Yeah? Yes. Okay, we're yeah. going to do it.
3: Bam, Six. Awesome. So you do it. That's the good news. We should have set a position, but I was feeling it was sort of risky. I think that was, uh, you should always assume that if I don't say a position, it's probably risky and standard effect. Uh, but yeah, so you've got a six, uh, were there any f- lower than fours?
0: Yes. The rookies rolled a three. Oh no. yeah. I, well, that makes sense. I blame
3: them. <laughs> uh, so I think that means the sniper takes one stress. Okay. Who is marshaling those rookies? <laughs> No, you're doing a great job. It's just, unfortunately, a really difficult thing because you're being set upon by all sides. It's dark. It's raining. You're having to shout over the thunder. Uh, it's very dramatic. Uh, and the shots are ringing out. But, like, you have to actually tell the rookies where are they, like, where, where the shots are going. Because the, with the the sound of the thunder, it starts sort of, like, echoey. Um So, you're just having to do a lot of work. (laughs) Can I
0: pay you to cheerlead over all of my failed roles? Because (laughs) (laughs) you are really good at this.
3: There's a particular GMing advice that we give, which is to be a fan of the players and to, like, always, uh, when something goes wrong, it's not because you're incompetent. It's because uh, something bad happened or something you're trying to compensate for something. Uh, So... It's just part of the game. <laughs> I dig it. Yeah. So, cool. See, so, I think you guys put down maybe a good dozen of these rotters that came up over the sides. And you have a few minutes to breathe while the, the main undead force are coming your way. Uh, and in that distance, it's not very far, you can see shambling horrors, which are freakish amalgamations of parts of different people that have all been stitched together into towering beasts of festering anger. Uh, they're eight to fourteen foot tall giants that only fall to concentrated fire or heavy weaponry. Whoa! Uh, Blackshot won't even kill them outright, like they would line troop. Oh! Uh, many are augmented with um, metal or machined parts or armor screwed directly into their flesh. Um, some have multiple bodies that have been stitched together, and uh, they all fight as if they were a full group of people. Uh, so these these horrors are shambling towards you, along with, of course, more crows and more rotters, and you are under pressure from that, what do you do?
1: Adramir, if you could set those charges quickly, quickly, quickly.
3: <laughs> All right, kiddos, hold them off.
4: Um, is there any way for me to help him with uh, rigging up this stuff since I
3: have rig? Absolutely. That's exactly the case. Uh, so you're probably going to need to rig some alchemy. Okay, I'm going to do just that. Okay. So uh, we set a position. Uh, right now, your first charge has to go up here on the bridge. So you need uh, at least one charge, sort of center in the bridge. Um, and uh, and that's a fairly controlled position because you've killed all the zombies, you've killed all the crows that are around. Um, so you have, for a moment, you have that. But I will tell you, you're going to need to get under
1: this bridge and set charges underneath. I love this game already. It's making me anxious, but in a fun way. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, I'm going to try to set my first one center.
4: One Well you get an extra die because I'm helping you out too. Oh that's true. I didn't do that. That's true.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. True. You get an assist to that been a stress for that. Two <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Uh Okay. Um so something goes wrong. Controlled. Uh you're gonna end up in a risky position. Uh hmm. There are three bombs. There are two triggers. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're going to need to set one of them off manually. That is your that is your situation.
0: Okay, I think that I realize that, and I don't tell them.
3: <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, yeah, cool. So you have you have you set up a bomb right here in the spot that you're supposed to. And you know that there's only a couple of ways you could possibly detonate this. <laughs> and none of them are great. So you're just going to have to make a risky roll later.
0: Okay. Yep. So I do that and grit my teeth and start looking for my best path uh, to get. I have to get kind of underneath now, right?
3: Yeah. Someone's got it. Are you the best rig, by the way?
0: I th- don't think any of us have more than one. Oh, okay.
3: Awesome. Yeah, I've got one at least. I also have one. I don't have any. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Your again, your facilities for getting dice are um, you can gain a bonus die from assists, which, you know, good job. We just saw that. Um, you can gain a bonus die from pushing yourself, which costs you stress. So, um, you can also gain a bonus die from a Devil's Bargain, which I don't know if we've talked about. Uh, but a Devil's Bargain is where um, I tell you something terrible. And you say yes, that, that's totally true. And <laughs> if you say yes, then you get a die for free. Well, for free. Okay. But yeah, we'll, we'll make use of that. If you feel like you want maybe more dice, um, please ask for a devil's bargain. I'll come up with one. Um, but yeah. Love that. Someone is going to have to go underneath and set a charge. Who's that person going to be? Who's in charge of this whole outfit, by the way?
2: I feel like either me or my brother. Like I feel like either the heavy, who's kind of the frontline person, or me, who is kind of the Overwatch person. Yeah, would be the one calling shots. And but I assume, or, well, I guess, or the scout, who's kind of the first eyes on things.
1: Yeah, because I think that really affects how the scene plays out. Like if it's the sniper, then of course things are going haywire, but he can't help because he's too far away. Yeah. Um.
2: I would say me, because I I intend to move up now. Like, I know I'm too far away. So I think we could say that I'm kind of supposed to be the shot caller. And I'm just like, damn it, I am way too far out of range for this. And I'm like grabbing the gun and running down this hill to move up on the bridge.
3: Yeah, I, I agree with all of that. I want to push forward to the moment where the two brothers are together Okay. And, uh, Leovel, Yes. You get up to, uh, Adramir. And Adramir has just finished setting up the bomb. I wonder if Leovel might be able to read the body language of, of Adramir.
2: Uh, is that just a decision I make right now or is that something we're going to roll somehow?
3: I'm going to ask Adramir, do you think that your, your brother could maybe read the fact that there's something wrong?
2: I I don't think
0: that adramir is particularly clever in anything except for boots on the ground battle happening okay so there's a pretty good chance that he can see that there that i am uh antsy about something
3: something is wrong so why don't we do this um can you give me a consort fortune roll what that means is uh there's no position or effect we just roll your consort dice and you give me the the highest die Okay, I only have one in consort. sort. Totally fine. On a one to three, I think you get a sense something is wrong, but on a six, you maybe actually know what's wrong. Okay. Six? <laughs> yeah, I think you see the bomb and it's missing a detonator. <laughs> <laughs> Clear indication
2: of a problem. Yeah. <laughs> you seem to be light on resources.
0: I got all the resource I need, little brother, and I clink my breastplate, get somebody downstairs and get this thing
2: lit up like hell, you command the troops. You go set the rest of the charges. I'm going to get up in the rafters right here, watch the other end of the bridge, call shots, and if it gets down to it, I got a clear shot on this charge. That is an order. Hoo oh
0: boy,
3: bro. and I turn and go. Okay, excellent. Uh, our first command. <laughs> uh has taken charge of the, uh, the third explosion. Um, who is going down to... Uh, set the charge. Um, I will. Excellent. How good are you on a rope? Yeah, I, I think I'm
0: sort of leading the way, but with the intent of keeping me and the soldiers between whoever's setting this and and resistance
3: i think you're you're saying you're going to set up a forward position on the sort of the edge of the bridge exactly and then hopefully it doesn't come to that but you might have to pull off the undead while they set the charges right awesome uh so medic like i said how good are you on a rope i'm great on a rope (laughs) Uh,
4: i've got at least one maneuver so i assume i'm okay
3: yeah. 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 That sounds good. Um, I mean, you have a rope. Are you what? How are you? How are we doing this? Do you have like a climbing kit
1: or I think that as he nope. is standing there, like peering over the edge, kind of like uh, uh, that gray shifting wind comes over and sets up her climbing kit and is going to like basically lower down with him because nice. <laughs> I think that they've been together enough to know that. He is very good with his hands, but maybe not so much with his hands and feet at the same time.
3: (laughs) That's fantastic. Okay, Uh, so
1: I think you could do potentially a group maneuver
3: uh, where um, someone is leading. I think it sounds like you're offering to lead, uh, Scout.
1: Yeah, maneuver is is one of the things that she is very good at. so.
3: So then this is actually exactly what...
1: Um, and what
3: group actions are for. So when you have someone who's good at a thing and someone who's less good at a thing and the first person wants to help the second person do the thing, (laughs) that's exactly what this is for. So um, yeah, both of you roll your your action. It is, uh, yeah, like I said, uh, risky, standard. I got a six. I got a one. So it's a little stressful for you because I think there's a moment where um, climbing down and like a brick gives out and you slip and you have to catch uh, your friend and, 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 and hoist them back up onto the, onto the facade uh, as, you, as you scale down. Okay. So you, you get down there. I'm going to cut back to the bridge. So Sniper and Heavy, you guys are up on the bridge. The undead are rolling in. Uh, I'm assuming you're firing
2: at them. Um, can I, I was hoping to climb up into the rafters. I saw a crow drop from the
3: rafters. Could I yeah. make my way up there so I've got a better vantage point? Completely. I think you have plenty of time to do that, so I don't feel like that's a roll. Okay. But you can you can easily clamber up there and you have elevation essentially on uh, the horrors that are coming your way. Then yes, I'm absolutely trying to pick them off. Cool. Uh, so there's this one very large obvious target, the horror itself. And then there's a bunch of uh, rotters that are also there. There's also crows, that are um, interspersed throughout.
2: Who are you? Who are you picking off? Uh, and you said
3: we know that
2: black shot won't even take out the big, terrifying monsters, right? It does hurt them more
3: than regular shot.
2: I think I would probably be focusing down on that then. Okay. Let the let the ground troops deal with the smaller kind of mobs as they roll in and i'm just going to try and at least weaken the huge things before they can get close enough to start smashing up my
3: people excellent uh yeah i imagine there's a scene where like you we see through your sight for a bit and you track across these many undead and then we zoom up into what is essentially several undead that have been stitched together uh, and then you take the shot uh and do i mark a a black shot
2: yes for this if i'm okay did I Should I have marked an ammo for the first shot on the crow? Indeed.
3: Okay. Basically, each time you roll your shoot action, mark something.
2: Okay. All right. I have two dice. Would you like more? <laughs>
3: is there a devil's bargain? <laughs> uh, Yeah, totally. I think there could be a devil's bargain. Um, Do you guys have ideas for devil's bargains?
1: I think Tess is probably going to say what I'm thinking.
0: I'm thinking that that shot pisses it off a whole bunch. And there's a pretty good chance that if it gets hurt that bad, it's going to really charge at the front line.
3: Oh, okay. That it goes, like, hauling in. Okay. Yeah, I'd be okay with that.
2: I don't think I will accept that because my whole my whole goal here is to... Heard it before it gets to my troops, so I definitely don't want to piss it off so much that it steamrolls them.
3: We could do something very uh, mundane, like um, you get one shot and your 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 gun jams.
1: The face that he sees stitched to the body is their father. <laughs> oh my like god. Like both brothers. It is Ooh. one of their family members in this body. Ooh,
3: I do like that. I would do that one for sure. Your poor family is now the thing you're firing at. Um... Jake, yes. Look at
0: me in this moment.
2: <laughs>
3: I will I will take
2: that one. Okay. And I think it's it's really hard, but I don't want my brother to see it. So I need a name. Art so, for our father?
3: Yes. Uh well isn't it um Oh yeah, it would be. Cole. Cole. <laughs> yeah, your father Cole is is the thing that you're firing at. Yeah, and,
2: and I think seeing that though, like it's it is hard to not weep and or throw up, but I aim for for that face, so that when it gets closer, Adramir doesn't have to see it and doesn't have to suffer this.
3: Okay. Um, normally, I would say that a, a roll like this is controlled, um, and I think that's appropriate here. You're firing at range. It doesn't really have any interactions with you guys right now. Right now, you're in a control position. Uh, I think you have standard effect. We'll see what you roll. Okay. Uh, four. Okay. Uh, so you hesitate. You can either withdraw and try a different approach or do it with a minor consequence. Um, I think the, the minor consequence is going to be a form of lesser harm. Uh, I'm going to say you can take lesser harm, uh, nightmares. Oh. <laughs> this is going to affect you later. But you're tough, right? Yeah, I will absolutely do that. Do I just make a note of that? Uh, it's in your character sheet on the left panel in the middle. There's a harm track under level 1 harm just put in nightmares.
2: Okay. Um one of my Zimyari
3: traits though is ignore level 1 harm penalties. Yeah, so you're not penalized from it, but it's still there. Got it. You're tough, you can tough through it. It's not going to affect you. But that
1: doesn't mean it doesn't it's not there. <laughs> uh you're still having the nightmares, they're just not affecting you in your tasks. Got it. Okay. That's superb. Uh
3: yeah, so um you got a 45, so uh I actually have a clock here. Um, that represents the horror. Uh, the way that uh, sometimes we work uh, obstacles like blowing up a bridge or dealing with something that's like a horror is you, you create a clock. And then this clock has a certain number of segments. In this case, your horror has eight segments. You have just done two to uh, to the horror. Um, having shot uh, Kole uh, through the head and like a, a flash of green fire burning the last visage of your uh, family, perhaps patriarch. Um, but... The horror is made of many of these bodies, possibly other friends and family that you know or knew, uh, and is going to continue to shamble forward and engage. And I'm going to cut back to Under the Bridge. So there you are, hanging from a rope with your scout, like, giving you a push towards the center of the bridge, (laughs) trying to set him an explosive.
4: Okay, uh, then I guess I'm going to rig it up and hopefully... Not mess up.
3: I feel like this may not be the
4: most controlled
3: of positions. How do you feel?
4: I'd, I'd probably agree with you on that, considering I'm unbalanced. I've only got like one maneuver, or so yeah.
3: Okay, so this feels like risky, right? Sure. If you wanted to, you could push it to desperate, but I think that's going to be um, maybe not necessarily what you want to do. So in this game, you can trade your position sometimes for effect. So sometimes you could say, I'm willing to be less effective in this situation so that I'm not as hurt or not uh, endangered. Uh, you can say, I want to have greater effect. Uh, can I trade some of my, my position? Can I go desperate in order to like, get more effect? And sometimes that works out. In this case, uh, I don't know if you'd want to. Uh, no, I don't think I'd want to, but is there a way for me to push myself? Absolutely. Uh, so you can spend uh, two stress in order to uh, push yourself and gain an extra die. Cause this seems pretty
4: stressful just you know, on its own. And I have to like work through it and get it done because my hands are what are going to end up basically saving the lives of everybody up top. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm the medic. How, yeah. How medical. <laughs> yeah.
1: My assumption is that he rolls all ones and the camera just cuts <laughs> to gray shifting wind and there's the sound of an explosion and then splatter on her face. And then the Kirby enthusiasm music.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I got a five. Uh, so, you do it and there's a
3: consequence. I think what happens is you latch on to the place where the bomb has to be and you have to like go around one of the pillars that's in there and we cut away from seeing you set up the bomb and there's a bit where the rope is like caught on the rocks and as you're pulling, eventually the rope just snags on a sharp bit of rock and cuts. So you stuck the bomb, you're there, you're on the pillar, no rope.
1: The Legion is in retreat following a failed battle against the armies of the undead. You are a member of the Legion, your bonds to one another forged in the dark by bone and blood. Do you have what it takes to outwit, outrun, and outlast the endless hordes of the undead? Or will your Band of Blades break beneath a Cinder King's iron fist? Band of Blades, by Straša and John LaBeouf Little, is available at EvilHat.com.
4: The Fable and Folly Network,
0: where fiction producers flourish.
3: Welcome to the Strata.
0: There's two of them following me. I know that for sure. And over the package and we'll let you go. You'll let me go. Oh, that's cute. Ugh. The first bullet hits me in the chest, sends me staggering back a step. All right, you assholes. Look out! Ah!